Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Good morning, Bailey. Good morning, Dad, and good morning, faithful listener. Uh, you're listening to Family Rabble. Uh, it's yes. a show about family, much like the Fast and Furious movies. And uh, I'm your host, Bailey Shelton. And uh, that right there is my dad, Dad. Joe Shelton. I'm also a dad. Yeah. Dad, Dad. Although, you know, with all the children out of the home, it's a different kind of dad thing, you know? You uh, feel less like a dad? I feel like... You I mean, more yeah, because like you were successful I, twice. I, I guess I was successful. I don't know. You know, you guys, the, the jury's still out until you guys like, you know, are 90. So I don't know. I mean, and I feel like maybe like most people consider the race run at 18. <laughs> yeah. Well, the race has been run and uh, the, um, you know, the horses have left the pasture, so to speak. I think that's cattle. I mean, horses do pastures too, Bailey. Come on. Yeah, but they aren't grazing animals necessarily. I mean, you don't think horses eat grass? I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do graze, but it's not their primary thing. I mean, probably would be if we weren't here feeding them stuff. That's um, true. You know. But like with cows, like they only eat grass ever. I mean, horses don't exactly eat. <laughs> they eat whatever feed is thrown in that bag and it's it's probably pretty much grain and uh grass yeah grass so but yeah, i don't but know i'm not i've never bred horses or fed them even um i have uh in a very very frightened way ridden them when i was younger <laughs> when i was like seven i like tried to ride a horse well you know yeah, I think I like the more I learned about horses, the less I was interested in them, you know? Yeah, I remember you You guys did like rides on them at uh, like Brown County or something. Yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't I would never be a person who has horses. I don't think. Uh, I mean, if I had horses, somebody else would have to take care of them because I'd be pathetic at it. Like it wouldn't even be. No, I think I would be great at taking care of them, but I wouldn't oh, like it. <laughs> like, I, I, I have no doubts that I would be terrible at taking care of them. I would have to just I, actually I would be good because I would hire like stable hands or something. See, yeah. this is this is things that would only happen if I hit the lotto. You know, like yeah. there's, no, there's no way I'm well, owning a, a horse farm. If, you say things that I would only happen if I ha won the lotto. I feel like the only way that would happen is like you win the lotto it's a really 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 big jackpot and one of the things you want to do is like buy a ranch out west that just so happens to already have horses i mean west probably not i would i would probably think like kentucky or tennessee you know yeah i mean the only thing reason i think west is because we have family out west so like it would be logical uh. to have a something out there I mean, yes, but the winter out there would preclude me from ever wanting to be yeah, you just, in Idaho. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, I, yeah, but I wouldn't think that you would live there year round. You'd probably have multiple homes. Especially after this winter. Apparently, they still have like a lot of snow on the ground. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the Tetons. And I'm, you know, I'm not a snow guy, 
right? Like, Nor I. Yeah, I mean. In fact, I, uh, that's one of the I, nice I, things about a glass the thing. There's like, not snow. At Christmas time, you know, like an inch or so to just make everything pretty. I can cool. I'm cool with that for like a week, and then I want none of it. Like See, you say that, <laughs> I I got to tell you, there's been fewer than five white winters in Indiana my entire life. Oh, you mean white Christmases? White Christmases, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's I mean, never, it's never it happen on right. Christmas. That's, what I'm saying is that that would be like the thing that I, 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 you know, I can tolerate it if we get like this year, you know, you missed it, but we had, you know, a little bit of snow on Christmas. Then it pretty much didn't snow the rest of the winter very much at all, which was fabulous because, you know, I'm cool with no snow. I'm I'm cool without ice mainly. The snow isn't as bad as ice. Mm. Because both of those things though they're slippery and I don't like to fall down. I mean, I think the main problem with snow is that snow makes ice last a lot longer. Um true. Cuz it's basically ice temperature for as long as it takes for the snow to melt. I mean, you know, uh, the the thing about it is, I think when it's really snowy and stuff, like the horse farm would be a problem, right? Because you have to keep the horses from. You'd have to winterize the horses. Yeah. You have to have a you have to have like a a, a barn that's really, you know, really solid in the winter if it's going to be like a brutal cold place. I mean, I guess in Kentucky and Tennessee and even in Indiana, there are place horse farms. Yeah. Um, but I, know, we're referring you to horse farms. Usually, horse farms are just barn land with two horses on it. No, I don't think so. They have a barn somewhere, generally. Yeah, but usually the barn is... And I don't think they call it a barn. Maybe they call it a stable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, and then the thing is... I think that the stable is the actual structure within the barn, though. There are, there are quite a few of them around because of the uh, horse racing uh, tracks that are... There's a, but, I, but there's a couple and, you know, we may here. sound like two country fools here, but um, yeah, I'm definitely. pretty sure I do always. It's like <laughs> the the only people who would distinguish between a stable and a barn are people who have both. I mean, you know, is is that like how you distinguish between a fiddle and a violin? You know, to me, I, in my heart, yes. But. I mean, well, you know, see, so here's the thing. I've been told that when you're buying a fiddle, it's a fiddle. And if you're the one selling it, it's a violin. That makes sense. You know, a fiddle is cheaper. <laughs> like you get a better deal if it's a fiddle, like, you know, just the whole. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm trying to buy one, it's a fiddle. If I'm selling one, it's a violin. You know, uh, maybe it's the same way. Yeah. If you're if you're buying the horse farm, the um, the it's a horse barn. But when you're selling it, it's a stable. Hmm. You know, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. But we, and if you'll buy that, I'll throw the Golden Gate in for free. <laughs> wow! Look at you, some oceanfront property in Arizona reference from yeah, George Strait. Wow. I'm impressed. I really am. You pulled a George Strait reference straight out of your ass. That was beautiful. George <laughs> Proud of you, Bailey. Out of my ass. Hey, yes. the, uh, George Strait. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I, I'm sure George Strait would love that reference. Um, 
<laughs> he, he, I, I know he's one of our faithful seven listeners from last week. Is he alive? George Strait? Hell yeah, he's alive. What do you mean? Oh. <laughs> hey, George. What's up, buddy? I thought you were dead. I, I believe he's doing shows again. You know? Is he? Yeah, he did that like last tour thing, but then took a couple years and said, you know what? I can still do some shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, oddly enough, I've never seen George um, live. Like, in, in, you know, like in person. I've seen him live on like the award shows and such, but not like. Right. Um, I've never been to a concert of his, which is, uh, hmm. yeah, I, I would go. Mm-hmm. George is really good. You know, Granny would love that, right? Like she's uh she's Big totally George Street fan. She's totally all There's, in. Yeah. What's that song? What's that George Street song? Give it away. Oh yeah, give it away. That's her favorite one. Right? I know. <laughs> yeah. She 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 plays that like you know, like it's water. <laughs> she thinks it's um it's 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 funny that that's one of those songs that I'm I, I, I think she feels about it in a very different way. It kind of reminds me of Sookie Stackhouse picking out a wedding song. <laughs> she thinks it's romantic as fuck. <laughs> like, uh, but it's like, you can't play it at a wedding. Uh, yeah. It's not a wedding song. <laughs> it's a divorce it's song. It's about divorce. Yeah. Um, yeah, she loves that one. Um, I, 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 uh, I like other George Strait tunes much better, you know. Uh, <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a lot of them I would choose over that one. Um, yeah. Amarillo by Morning, for example, that's Amarillo by Morning is a bop. That is just so beautiful. good. Yeah. Um, um, you got to have an ace in the hole. That's another good one. Fireman. Your your other grandma yeah. loves Fireman and. Fireman's a good song. Grandma Ann, she loves she loves George Strait too. She had like a uh, back in the '90s, she had like a George Strait greatest hits uh, tape in her car all the time. She used to play her CD. I can't remember if it was which format, but yeah. Was George Strait considered like a lady killer? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay, because the people I know who like George Strait, like there are men, sure I know who like George Strait. He's but cool. the people who like love George Strait, a lot of them are like grandmothers. Well, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been around forever. <laughs> yes. Like, but like, I, I think his say, first record might have came out in like 1980, like or yeah. something like that. So you know, we're not I talking about like, a spring chicken here. You know. I feel like if we had a diagram um, of the audiences of Elvis, the Beatles, and George Strait. Um, there would be way more overlap than one would generally consider with those three musicians just on music I would actually alone. say between Elvis and George Strait, the overlap would be way bigger than between the Beatles and George Strait. Well, I'm just saying that like between Elvis and George Strait, that's basically a circle. <laughs> but they're not similar musicians. They are not. Um, they're, they're they just not... play well with the same demographic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the thing is that Elvis, uh, you know, he did have some country stuff, right? Yeah. But, um, but that's because Elvis was not like genre specific, really. I mean, right. dude, dude would sing just about anything. I mean, this is what happens when you have like 200 albums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, but 
Elvis didn't write very many songs either. I think he wrote like maybe four or five, like mm -hmm. uh, of the you know thousands of songs that he recorded. I mean, people in his band wrote a lot of them early on, but then mm -hmm. you know he just started singing what I mean. You you have to if you're gonna make an album every five minutes. You just can't write songs that fast, right? Right. <laughs> so, so there's like <laughs> just a veritable treasure trove of stuff. I, the incredible thing about Elvis is, uh, to me, it's always been kind of an interesting thing that um, he would cover people that were pretty popular songs and make the original more popular. Like, you know, because his version was really popular just because he was Elvis. It would make the original even bigger. Like it would make it almost iconic in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a wild thing when you know basically he's propping up all these other artists just because he likes their songs and needs songs to record. You know, <laughs> um, but you know, the, an equivalent right now would be if Ed Sheeran just started covering every popular song. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that that'd be smart every halfway popular song like not the, that's uh, you know we were talking about that because um oh so my friends ross and carrie i would say they're your friends too kind of um they were talking about on their podcast kicking and streaming um that they were covering walk hard recently and they were talking about how do we cut story of time when johnny cash um started doing covers of like nine inch nails <laughs> like yeah yeah it was like nobody asked for this but like thank you um you know johnny came up in the conversation yesterday between you and who um brent schlimmer you know my bass player that makes sense we were, we were makes recording sense you would uh, be talking to brent about johnny cash we were recording bass parts we were actually talking i was talking about the fact that i never covered johnny cash songs because and like what would be the point well, I mean, um, part of it is for me that, like, I, I I love Johnny Cash a lot, and I don't I don't sound like him at all, and um, it, it's it, it's like hard for me to get his voice out of my head if I'm trying to cover one of his songs, right? <laughs> you know, and and just do my own version of it because that's what has to happen. It's much easier if I'm like doing like a Lady Gaga cover or something that's completely you know completely out of the realm of anything that is, you know, intrinsic with my music. Like mm -hmm. my music might have a little uh, bit of Johnny Cash influence mixed in here and there, you know, with all the other mishmash of stuff that I loved in my life. Um, but, uh, you know, actually covering a Johnny Cash song just feels a little bit difficult for me. I don't know <laughs> what it is, you know. Um, so it's funny that you were, you know, they, they were talking about Johnny Cash covering other people, which he did actually quite liberally as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, him and Elvis came around uh, right around the same time. He, the reason that Johnny Cash got a big break is because El of Elvis, mm -hmm. not directly because of Elvis, but indirectly because at Sun Records, they, um, they sold Elvis to RCA. And when they did that, it gave them an influx of cash and they were able to support other artists because of it. And Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis were a couple of those that. Dang. And, um, and uh, Roy Orbison. Yeah. So oh. like, yeah, they all, they all came from Sun Records kind of like on the tails of Elvis because, you know, Elvis got so big that they were able to sell his contract to RCA and they had more money to promote their other artists. Um, so... So, 
I have, this is, this is completely, this is kind of octopic, but I want to tell you a little bit about this, like, um, this weird little side brain thing that I've had in my sketchbooks for a few months, um, which is, I would really love one day to redo the Indiana beach branding. <laughs> really? Um, Are you pitching to them right here on our Family Rabble podcast? I'm sure they're yeah, listening. If one, if one of our eight listeners is in charge of Indiana Beach at all, uh, or, let me or, tell you. Or has a contact to the marketing department at Indiana Beach. Bailey yeah. is well, interested. So I was thinking about this because their current website and brand is kind of like this... Um, do you remember when MTV was like, wow, we really have no unified branding whatsoever. Everything looks different. We have let our motion graphics department go off the rails a little bit. like, And they unified the MTV brand um, in the early 2000s. Um, actually, I think it was before then, but regardless. Uh, so their their website, Indiana Beach's website, is it's it looks like someone's making it in clip art. It's really not great. And it doesn't have a lot of like good information at the front. In fact, one part that particularly gets me going like, ah, is on their homepage. If you scroll down a little bit, they have like, stay on just off a boardwalk, like advertisements for their like on, on campus, like, uh, oh, the, rentals. And yeah, the, the cabin rentals like, and stuff, right? Yeah. They're cabin rentals, which is like a really like, like good resource and has always been there with Indiana Beach. Ooh, I've the stayed in that one. They have. I stayed in like, that one. That 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 place was. It looks just like it did, like in 1999 or 2000. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's a little too honest of a photo, you know. They, yeah, they need some. They need some photography uh, work, like some Photoshop, just to yeah. brighten it up. They well, they, they don't need, need to actually, Photoshop necessarily. They need I, to I go think out there with fucking um, buckets of paint, power washer, and a can of paint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then on the that. inside, they just need to stage the rooms a little bit better. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be nice, but I would lean into like the like camp motif. And that was why I was like, you know, what? I would redo the entire brand to be like summer campy. And I would bring back Ivy Crow in a different way. Like I would redo Ivy Crow's like styling entirely. Well, and there is no way I'd ever change their tagline. It is awesome. No, no. There's more than corn in Indiana. So here's that, my pitch for is, redoing Ivy Crow. Okay. And I, I, would, I would actually have like a uh, kind of a, a hip hop version of that song done. You know, there's more than corn in Indiana. It's the best part of Americana. It's all within. Okay. Indiana. So um, <laughs> that's my redraw of Ivy Crow for you. I'll, I'll show you. Um, I've made the like basically the styling a little bit more cartoony and, and childish. Uh, for those listening at home, if you've ever seen uh, Gravity Falls, that's kind of the animation style I was like thinking about. Well, I was looking at, hold on, you know, I, 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 I'm seeing him at the top of the page because I'm looking at it. It's and, like the. Yeah, you know, he's not bad as it is. I think the, no. um, like, you know, you were talking about the cottages. Like I clicked on one of them and the picture is like, I think it was taken with like a flip phone or mm -hmm. something like well, i don't know what they used but it's like super low quality graph um picture yeah. and it's mm -hmm. like really really pixelated and digital looking <laughs> there and i'm yeah. like what you couldn't like just take like a fresh like take an iphone out there like it, yeah. it doesn't even have to be like an slr a any iphone can take a higher quality photo than what you've used uh-huh so <laughs> Even the so, iPhone 2, like maybe somebody's got an old iPhone 2 in their drawer. I guarantee it takes better pictures than that. 
But then yeah. I, I go over here to this. Um, the other thing is I look at it and and I look inside this cottage that I had stayed in like 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. The cottage is way nicer than it was when we stayed. In it. <laughs> they have done some upgrades inside. The outside mm -hmm. needs to be painted. But on the inside, I'm like, wow, that's mm -hmm. I, I would stay there. Like, it's nice. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I'm going to so give it, a, my, I'm gonna give it a, a probably a seven out of ten for and for a little cottage. That's a that's a score, man. That's not like, you know, I mean, I would rather stay at Hilton quite honestly, but that doesn't mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean that this isn't really nice. It's really well done inside. So well, and we're going to give them props they, for like things with, they're doing well as well. Yeah. So Indiana beach, it's like, it, you know, it's a, it's an older theme park and it's in the middle of Indiana. So like the people who usually go there are people from the Midwest who are probably like lower middle income. They're doing like a, like a cheaper family vacation. And that's kind of right. my thought is like uh, the, I really want, like if it were me, I would do a lot of things to revamp their website and make it a little bit more geared toward like, um, selling their, like their cheaper rentals, their camping. Um, and then also I would make sure that the Indiana beach ballroom is booked out all summer long and that you can get easy, like ticket packages for that. Uh, and then on top of that, I really want to redo their commercials with the jingles to be like this newer Ivy Crow. I want her, I want it to be a girl now. Like I want to change the voice actor of Ivy Crow to be a, like a woman. And I want her to be like the granddaughter of I.B. Crow, right? So <laughs> Grandpa Crow is a character. And basically like it's a series of commercials where little Ivy takes you on different like adventures, like um she <laughs> like and they're all like imagined adventures so like the lost cover coaster of superstitious mountain she's like taking you through superstitious mountain to try and find the treasure uh-huh um or like uh the hoosier hurricane or the steel hog it's like oh her family's really into motorcycles and so she's got like her little like sidecar and she and her like family are like oh let's go on a cycling trip and it's like the steel hog. So uh, the the really old one went away, right? The the um, where is it still there? Which one? The one that was from like 1935. Is that coaster still there? Um, the Tigger is, but you're talking about the Galaxy. The Galaxy, yeah. Is that that yeah, one? That right? one's gone because, um, quite frankly, it was rotting. Right? It was rotting. Yeah. Because it so says there's a new. Rid of them, but they've added the steel hog, and now they have one called the Cyclone. Uh, the cyclone is it says this is the new ride last year yeah well, that must have replaced the galaxy because... i think it did yeah it looks um, like it's but they the still spot. have like a whole bunch of other like not necessarily coasters like they have like the den of lost thieves and dr dr frankenstein's haunted castle and air crow and okay so the cyclone is basically the galaxy but rebuilt and made out of steel yeah instead of so wood. it's safer <laughs> like, well i mean you know the thing was there was a hundred year old wood and it was just yeah um so it's still no. like it's still like th this isn't a, a this is a roller coaster that's like really old timey but both that yeah. one and even though it's new and then the, the tigger is like riding a bobsled like yeah. and yeah, that's but the, the tigger it has seat belts um no one I wouldn't. <laughs> like, um, that 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 was that 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 ride was actually fun. I I like the Lost Coaster of Superstition Mountain. Mm -hmm. um, oddly, it's not a very long ride, 
But no. I, I, you know what? I, I challenge, the, and this is the thing, I've ridden coasters at like all of the major amusement parks and I've, Kings Island is my favorite place. Mm-hmm. But I challenge any of them to have something that's quite as scary as Lost Coaster of Superstition Mountain. There's a couple of reasons why it's scary. One is you're inside this like cage when you get in it like you're you, you climb inside like a cage like a bucket mm-hmm. with a cage that's your cart because it's supposed to be like a like a mining car or something right yeah so and, they put you in this basically mining car and you get to decide whether you're going forwards or backwards <laughs> yeah because you can sit on either side of the car right mm-hmm. and then the other the thing is that it's like um it, it goes into these really dark uh mining kind of tunnel things and like it's not that scary when you're riding forwards but when you're riding backwards you have no idea where anything's going to happen on this thing <laughs> you and you're in darkness for like half of it yeah you can't even so. tell like at all where you are the thing like suddenly drops off and you're like it's like your whole back drops out of you right um and i've ridden yeah. backwards coasters before but like the racer at king's island runs backwards one of them like one car runs backwards one runs forwards right and riding it backwards isn't as scary because you can see everything. Like you're outside and like you can you can kind of tell that you're getting ready to crest a hill or whatever. And that thing, mm-hmm. it's completely blind. And you come <laughs> it like takes the yeah. wind out of you like really fast because you have no idea that it's coming at all, you know? Well, and on top of that, uh, you know, I've ridden that coaster upwards of a hundred times because we went like every summer as a kid. We right. would ride that thing multiple times, like especially if there was no line, because there's always a line for Superstition Mountain. So it's like when there's not a line, he's like, fuck yeah, I'm going on it. And I'm going to ride it as many times as I can until there's a line. And I can tell you, I can't draw a diagram of it. Like, I couldn't tell you what happens. <laughs> like, you can ride it as many times as you want. You won't rem- like you won't expect to the curves honestly it's stuck in a a weird spot and it it, you know plus it bounces a lot because it is wooden right yeah and um but it's like in this um it's like jammed into a little space at the at the park you know yeah but you know it's kind of stacked on top of itself a little bit right Mm because it's a mountain right you're going through the whole (laughs) i mean it's supposed to be a quote-unquote mountain it doesn't it, it looks like you know cheesy like fake mountain but (laughs) but um but it uh it is absolutely uh, for what it is it is a totally wonderful ride i I, i'm like i the the first time when i wrote it because i I remember when they put it in and the first time i wrote it i was like hey this this right here this isn't this is good i mean because you know they had the tigger and the galaxy coaster and those were you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well and so for what it's worth the steel hog is actually a fun ride like i've ridden it three four times maybe five and it's fun um the problem with it is its location is on like the back lot so i think we actually saw the cyclone because it was going in next to the steel hog when we were in monticello a few years ago i see well the the i haven't ridden the steel hog but i'm looking at it and it looks fun it is fun it's got a few loops in it yeah i mean it's Um, like that one uh that one hill there looks like it kind of goes almost like it goes not straight down but kind of like down and underneath the track like backward like you're hanging out of it a bit as you go and then there's some looping well and so you know i think that the difference maker with indiana beach's rides is that it's not like king's island or 
Um, well, they're just like, not as much space, so there's not they're not big like. Well, the only one that's like the only one I would say that really compares to something at Kings Island would be the Hoosier Hurricane. That ride could be yeah. at Kings Island, and 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 no one would go, oh, this is out of place, right? Um, and in well, fact, and the, uh, the, in fact, the main hill on the Hoosier Hurricane is is one of the more awesome hills that you'll like. <laughs> it's it 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 puts you in the mind of things that happen at Cedar Point. Because it's, it's it goes out over the water and underneath the suspension bridge between the parking lot and the park, right? And, exactly. And it's, it, like the thing with the Hoosier Hurricane and also the Cornball Express is that they basically take up the length of that entire island that Indiana Beach is on. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like they wrap themselves around the park, and those are the two like centerpieces of the of the entire thing. Um, and then all of the other coasters kind of tuck in around it. So like the reason I think Indiana beach works as a park is that you can do everything you want to do in Indiana beach in about a day. Like you really go like morning to night, like you can hit everything on the boardwalk and not have a problem. Yeah. The cornball express is, um, very curvy and it's actually fairly fast. Right. I, I, I think it runs like 50 miles an hour. It has inversions and stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Hoosier hurricane is faster because it's bigger it's longer like it's got a lot more room to catch to get up to speed you know <laughs> yeah but um yeah but the cornball express feels just as fast because there's so many turns you know yeah. um but i mean i'm uh i i actually think their website's not awful I think the lodging section. I think it's just work. not focused on like like i don't think it's doing the work for them is the thing yeah um, like that's my, that's my two cents about it is like, it's not, they have, they have um, I'm, I'm looking at these and I'm looking at the Riviera, which is one I've been in as well. And, um, they, these interior pictures, I, they, they should showcase that because <laughs> they have yeah. heavily upgraded these things inside. And even though these outside pictures are not wonderful, I would, I would probably change the main shot to just be the prettier because yeah, when you're honestly, staying somewhere I like. When you're staying somewhere, the outside is not as important as, like, the the inside looks nice and clean and livable. You know what I'm saying? Well, and if you you noticed, like, on their home screen when they have that ba those banner pictures, they've clearly paid like a professional photographer to go around and take pictures at the park, right? They uh -huh. just did not pay a professional photographer to go into the rental properties, which is silly because it's like, okay being their rental property and their ticket sales, like that's where you make money. I love so. that they still have the kitty train. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, which is awesome. But they they have been like doing the camping reservation stuff. I think that uh, taglining it as campers have more fun is a little bit like, hey, did you know we have camping? Which I think is a little bit, um silly i think the best way to do the indiana beach campground is to not market to people who are coming to indiana beach as hey you should try camping but more hey people who have an rv and do long week trips you should check out indiana beach like we so, are open to campers also if you um if you're an, uh, a musical artist who does tribute band work they yeah. will hire you because that's all, they, that's all they fucking have. I'm like, you, yeah. 
Look, Eliminator, the ZZ Top tribute, Logan Ramey, Elvis Presley tri tribute, Parents of the Caribbean, Jimmy Buffett tribute, well, and that's Cougar, what I'm saying where I'm like, John Cougar Mellencamp, Simply Billy, Billy Joel tribute, Captured Detroit, Journey tribute. It's like, yeah. do, there, are there no bands that they could get that aren't tribute bands? Is that well, like impossible? See, and this is what I'm saying <laughs> when I'm saying like, you need to redo Ivy Crow is like, they need to turn over their target demographic to be the next generation because all of their bands are like geared towards like old people you know it's like who yeah. listens to the billy joel tribute band someone who is over the age of 50 who is going to bring a family of six to indiana beach for a week-long vacation probably not someone in their 50s unless it's like a big family vacation in which case they should not be the ones um well you know they filming. might but I, i'm still i'm just saying that like uh, it, it's if you're going to have all I, I if you're going to have you know a concert series you either hire like you know you can have a couple of these tribute bands but why not hire you know other acts <laughs> well you should hire other acts that are actually going to draw people or that actually <laughs> like... uh, that might you know uh, those those do draw people they're just yeah they're they're but... absolutely fans of that group or whatever it's not you know, that's, that's, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying like, oh, we need to fill the ballroom. I'm saying that like people should be like, oh, did you know this band I like is going to be playing at Indiana Beach, which means that I can have a weekend at a theme park. It used to be kind of what they had. Like they would have, uh, I remember they would have, you know, a lot of bands there, like a lot of mixture, right? I, I, I don't know um, why they couldn't now. Like, <laughs> you know, um, it's just, it's odd that every one of them is a tribute band. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like like just, a, a, tribute I, I band, a tribute band to a, a group that was from the seventies or, or, you know, early eighties or before, like, you know, well, it's like, it fits because it's like, okay, they're doing what, you know, who does like the same acts are what's playing at like the stage at king's island and stuff like that's that makes sense you know but but you um, know that's, that's that's an interesting thing too because like at king's island they have all these um I, I don't know what they do now they used to have um because i haven't been in quite a while but they used to have these um shows that were just like uh they were almost like plays like they were like musical plays right and they would, mm -hmm. they would they would have them like four times a day for like and they were like 15 minutes long you know mm -hmm. and and so like it, 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 so people would you know like the next show starts at whatever time and so people would like file in watch the show for 15 it would be like you know literally it would be like a full story kind of line with like mm -hmm. four or five songs and then be over it in like ha less than a half an hour right yeah and so it was like a good place to go take a moment you know what Chill i mean out. Yeah. <laughs> right take a moment watch this you know whatever it was you know sometimes it would be uh, uh well i mean uh, depending on who owned the park at the time but like the hanna barbera people ha had it when i was really young so they'd have like you know scooby-doo would come out or, or fred flintstone or somebody and they'd mm -hmm. you know they'd have like a whole interaction you know fred flintstone's at the park today oh my you know it, mm -hmm. it was it was goofy but it was you know it was entertaining for a few minutes, you know, and people, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> um, well, and you know what I would like to see is maybe like a small time, like 
plays at bar rooms, like barely starting to actually tour level performer out of Chicago or Indiana, like add that to their Midwest tour right where Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah i'm hitting up like lafayette and indianapolis and kokomo and all of those places but i'm also going to stop at indiana beach because it's on my way like and they might play on like a wednesday or thursday night but i think it it would be funny to be like yeah we're playing at the theme park we're staying over the night we're going to ride some coasters the next day and then we're going to head to the next one you know like well yeah i i, I that's what i'm talking about cuz they you know they're having the ballroom concert series why not just have a bunch of them i'd I, yeah. that, that to me the the ballroom would be booked every night with somebody like yeah i would i would book it every <laughs> night with somebody i would make sure that yeah. there was active like uh, trying to like tell people at the park park like hey and this is what's going on all year at the ballroom we've yeah, already got we it booked out we wouldn't have like six dates we'd have like 50 because the yeah. i mean it's a theme park people are on vacation i mean i would have some kind of entertainment in there every night like that that yeah. like a... <laughs> exactly honestly you know what i would do is i'd have an act going on in the ballroom from like seven to ten and then i would say 11 30 to like 2 a.m every night i'd have it as like basically a nightclub like also like one of the things that looks like they've changed is that they used to have like um you know you pay like a couple bucks and you get in but you can't ride anything and then you mm-hmm. buy a ride pass you know yeah um and it looks like they've changed it to just like you know all access passes only yeah um, I, re- I remember them doing that you can get a is- season pass which kind of allows you to do that but I really miss having the boardwalk passes. Well, I mean, I think, I, I think that back. that was, you know, the thing is you get to sell a bunch of concessions and stuff to all kinds of people. Yeah. That aren't, they, well, aren't, they may not be there to ride any rides, but you still get five bucks out of them to come in. Or be, and I mean, honestly, my ten. primary marketing <laughs> suggestion is not to invest in new coasters anymore. Like we've got the Cyclone, we've got the Steel Hog. The next five years, they need to be focusing on drawing local businesses to the boardwalk partnering with local businesses and then like reinvesting in those like have been there forever heritage like kind of but not really ride so like frankenstein's haunted mansion and um the like lost thieves den of lost thieves <laughs> because those things are like things that do they, do they, they still do the boat rides with the um um schaefer queen yeah they still do the schaefer queen but the way they advertise it is weird it's like go on a historic boat ride <laughs> so it's a little I mean, bit yeah that's that's not awful um it's not awful it's just not great it's not like something that you'd want to do do yeah it's indiana historical beach center hold on i'll i'll show you yeah so they have like a historical section to them now which is not great um the carp yeah. cafe the huh. carp cafe yeah the... interesting yeah purchase your well, favorite selections for feeding the always hungry creatures living under the boardwalk i used to yeah, love doing as that. in the little gum dispensers that are yeah uh, you can I, pay a quarter and feed the carp yes yeah those. i used to love that that was awesome there's so many of them like it's like the greatest carp uh, colony on the on the planet or something right there by the boardwalk. I know. I love the carp. And the funny thing is when the place is closed, they're not there. The carp like hear the sound of the stuff starting up and come to the boardwalk. Did you know That's that? That's crazy. 
Yeah, because they know there's food there, I guess. I didn't realize that that was why. I, I, that's my, uh, you know, assumption because like I've been there when it wasn't open and, um, like if they're, if the rides aren't going and stuff, there's no carp. And mm -hmm. then as soon as the stuff starts up, they, there's thousands of them like, <laughs> well, so hear hear me out also on, on just a general stylistic choice note. Um, they did a rebrand when they got purchased up by like a larger, um, and I'm glad park. that they did because it was they were going to close. And I know I know they were going to close, but I think that the rebrand itself, like the fact that they needed a rebrand, that is understandable and correct. My problem with it is that the rebrand they did is not good. Well, like it doesn't. You know, it, I I I think that you can probably pitch yourself to them bailey and give them a shot i know i really i love the idea of like yeah so like and i even have like a target demo like typed out a little bit it's like basically like you want this character of ib to come back and be like first of all just as fucking catchy because you don't really need to change the theme song or like the the uh, that's what i mean though. I, 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 I think changing the theme song would be cool but not actually change the song just like different genres of the theme song like pounced out there <laughs> into the, into the yeah, I mean, stratosphere you know maybe even having a uh like give, give do like a uh a, a challenge to have people remake the indiana beach theme using the same lyrics like mm -hmm. you can't change the lyrics but you can make it whatever you want and mm -hmm. and then like you know give like a prize or something like you know a season pass or a hundred bucks or you know something like that and yeah. just just have fun with it right and then all the different people would post all their different versions of the <laughs> of the indiana beach theme song mm -hmm. <laughs> well honestly i think that it's like i i i more see it as like i would like like ivy crow to be leading you through like little goonies style adventures through the park right yeah, it's like we're gonna go find the hidden treasure. We're gonna go conquer Superstition Ma Mountain. Oh no, it's raining I outside. Mean, it's the Hoosier Hurricane. Everyone run! Like I have, sort of I have definitely conquered Superstition Mountain. Yeah, I, I I survived. You did. I almost survived Daytona Bike Week '87, but but didn't quite. <laughs> well, you know that story, right? Mm -mm. So dad dad went down to Florida. Um, you know, to visit, uh, you know, his parents, my grandparents, uh, mm -hmm. in like 87 and I, and like John and I didn't go and, uh, on that particular trip Okay. <laughs> and he comes back with t-shirts and, uh, he had, he had got them like on clearance at the, uh, at the, you know, on somewhere on the boardwalk uh, in Daytona mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were Daytona bike week shirts. So they said, you know, it was like a, a biker with a, it was, he was a skeleton you know, on a bike. Mm -hmm. And it said, I almost survived Daytona bike week 87. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the best. Like, mm -hmm. this is the fucking best shirt ever. Like <laughs> I didn't quite survive it. That's why I'm a skeleton. <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> yeah. So I love that shirt. Still love it. Like it's wonderful. That's 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 I mean that's just gold. <laughs> I almost survived. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I didn't quite survive it. I didn't make it. Um, anyway, um, so what, what, what has happened exciting in Glasgow this week, Bailey? We've been uh, definitely dominating with the uh, weirdness. I mean, we're talking about horse farms, George Strait, Indiana Beach. <laughs> What's going I'm on? I think of what I did. I saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie with my friends. Um, it was decent. We were supposed to see um, the Mario movie, but we messed up the like ticket times. So, so what um, happens in the Dungeons and Dragons movie? I mean, I imagine that you know the game Dungeons and Dragons is where you pretty much make up a storyline every game, right? Somebody does. Yeah. So it wasn't really very dungeon. Like it wasn't like. It didn't really have fourth wall breaks. Okay. If, if that makes sense. Like there wasn't a player. Okay. Um, which I thought it was going to be similar to the Lego movie in that respect, but it was more like, or maybe the Yu-Gi-Oh never... movie. I'm picturing uh -huh. the Yu-Gi-Oh movie with this. Yeah. No, it wasn't like that at all. It was more like, um, like a Marvel movie, but there were like, it was set in the Dungeons and Dragons, like setting. Well, what is that setting? Because I feel like I so, feel like the setting can be just about anything. <laughs> I yes, but so um, Dungeons and Dragons. I I explain this if if you guys want to hear the second time. I explain this on my friend uh, Bud's podcast. Uh, this Bud's for you, uh, where we talked about Dungeons and Dragons for a little bit. Uh, but basically, so Dungeons and Dragons is owned by this company called Wizards of the Coast. And I say owns, and you have to imagine air quotes when I say it, because uh, you don't own people being able to make up shit, right? But they're the <laughs> ones who sell, like, the player's handbook, and there are a whole bunch of, like, um, guided adventures that they make and stuff like that. So this movie, they have the right to use the phrase Dungeons and Dragons and then all of the settings that Wizards of the Coast like created. So um, basically the movie was set in their like default Dungeons and Dragons setting and used a bunch of their um, like recurring settings, recurring enemies, magic spells, like all of that stuff. Like it basically used like the framework of a dungeons and dragons plot so like the, the original having like players or anything like that they had like basically like just a normal like if you were reading a story like it was just a normal story without any of the like game convention game convention okay so yeah so basically because if you were not a dungeons and dragons person you would not you would not be sitting there like oh this is for people who like dungeons and dragons this is like a big inside joke it was not like that at all well i mean you know the 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 Yu-Gi-Oh movie is one that i remember they were just blatantly playing a game of Yu-Gi-Oh in the that, that's what the movie was yeah and it was i mean some of the worst tripe i've ever seen in my life right i mean I understand that like my three-year-old son or four-year-old son loved the thing because he was three or four. But when you're, <laughs> when you're anything over like 15, it was like absolutely horrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I likened it to, you know, we could make a Monopoly movie and it would be just as monotonous, you know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> Oh look, I landed on park place, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and that's how the get that movie worked. So when I saw Dungeons and Dragons movie, I immediately flashed to the awfulness of the Yu-Gi-Oh movie and was like, hmm. Well, this could go really, really south. I don't know really, that really you ever south. stuck around during our daytime television era where you would know that like Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon as franchises are shows about people playing games. But I mean, it, I never watched any of that crap when it was in the house and I wasn't forced to sit there in front of it. Like you guys would watch yeah. whatever. And when I came in the room, it would get flipped off because I'm not yes. watching you know and you taught that metric of older person gets to turn off the tv whenever they want to <laughs> my brother who then basically every older 30 to 45 minutes would go into the room where i'm watching tv and just turn it off so that he could watch whatever he wanted while he was making food i did not teach him the metric of older person gets to do that you, you have to understand parents pay all the bills and the okay. person paying the bills gets to flip shit off. Sure, but you didn't that, that's say what I was, the reason, yeah. okay? That, that's so, the reason, not because I'm older. That was never. No. So uh, here's the thing. I own the fucking AJ TV. Was I'll turn it off. bigger and stronger than me. So when we were 14 <laughs> and the person 16, with the most power. The yeah. most the person with the most power did that. Like so yeah. that you know that that may be. And the and the truth is that I had more power cuz I paid all the bills. You yeah. know, like that's that's well, called parents. So, yeah. yeah. So basically you taught that to him. Yeah. And he didn't, you didn't have to say, AJ, this is a thing that you can do to your sister. He merely was like, Hey, Hey, that's not fair. And you said, I have more power than you. And he goes, well, I have more power over someone in this household. And that was how, well, he wasn't supposed to have more power over you, but you know, I wasn't there apparently when this happened. Thank you for telling no, me. No, I mean, that was, you told me that I had succeeded as a parent earlier. I don't know. Maybe I made some mistakes. Yep. I mean, it's okay because we're both adults now and he doesn't. I mean, do now that, you're so. bitching about it and I can't do a damn thing. I get, it, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I complained about it at the time. You were like, well, the, I can't the be statute home all of day, so this is, tough tit. The statute of limitations has run out on that, on that complaint, Bailey. You well, know. I'm allowed to complain about it. I mean. I'm not complaining so you'll do anything. What you are would you, be what allowed are you if you were here. You would be allowed if you were here in a free country, but you're, you're not. You're in... <laughs> it's not like it's not a free country. I, I, I know, said that the other day. I was doing that, that whole, you know, um, uh, obviously America is the only place that's free bullshit that we hear here all the time. I, literally, <laughs> I, was, I forget what I was doing. I think I was like making dinner or something. And I, I think I literally said, I was like, well, I know that that's like, it's not going to change things, but I'm at least going to complain about it. And that's my right as an American. <laughs> <laughs> and i said that to jimmy and jimmy was like yeah okay well good for you <laughs> he didn't get the joke no he did he just he just didn't think it was funny that's what i mean he didn't get the joke because he hasn't been here with all these people that are just yeah i roll my right as an american yeah. yeah i rollingly american yeah yeah um well i also said to him so yesterday we um I was like, hey, man, I need to get out of the house. Like, can we go do a thing? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so we went to the West End and like went to an art museum and things. And um, he was like, hey, I'm going to go into the store and pick up a pack of um, he said fags. He meant cigarettes. And I said to him, I was like, you're going to have a real weird time in America. <laughs> I was like, people are not going to know you mean cigarettes. 
And he was like, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not looking forward to that. And I was like, okay, you should stop smoking. Like that's the, that's the lesson here. That. <laughs> like you should stop smoking before we're in America. Uh, and then you can not have to worry about the word being different. Also, you know, you won't get cancer and you'll save a lot of money that you're just burning every time you start set one on fire. Yeah. That he, he is yeah. fully aware of that because he's like, man, I, I just never have any spending money. I'm like, you're paying like $11 a week to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually that's generous. It's, it's more than 11 a week. It's 11 a pack. So, Oh, so it's yeah. a hundred bucks a week. Yeah. <laughs> Most likely. Most yeah. likely. Yeah. Yeah. So you're paying a hundred bucks a week to torture yourself and to, yep. you know, and to have trouble walking upstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's I mean, silly. you know, kind of like, uh, you know, that, that's what set granny off. Right. I mean, she quit smoking because of the price. Yeah. I, I can't imagine <laughs> granny like dealing with the UK cigarette prices either. Cause it's way cheaper in America. Well, I mean, it became a lot more expensive here. Like, you know, it, it just is. Right, but even in California, it's only like seven dollars a pack. I have no idea what they cost. Do you know that? I I know that there's seven in California because Harrison was talking about it when he was here. Uh, well, I have no idea because like I've never smoked any, ever. So no. I haven't paid to burn money. Like uh, yeah, I mean I don't have I mean, any interest in smoking cigarettes. For me, so. for me, my thought is if you're gonna do it, just go ahead and wrap up a dollar bill each time and and pack that up with tobacco and smoke it that way you can actually burn the money and see what you're doing yep. <laughs> so, um yeah i'm 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 anti-smoking i'm gonna go ahead and just everyone that's ever known me knows i am so so uh yeah so anyway i was basically saying to him that and he was like yeah i'm not really looking forward to it and he goes I really just don't want people to hear me start talking and go like, I'm sorry, could you say what? And I was like, they're not going to do that. They're going to hear you say three words and then they're going to go, oh my God, aren't you Australian? <laughs> and he was like, oh, absolutely not. He was like, I'd rather lie about what country I'm from and be like, no, I'm from Spain. Like, <laughs> uh, He's Scottish. Yeah, very Just selfish. wear it. Wear it. Yeah. Own it. Own it. Be it. Yeah. Fucking yeah. own it, boy. Boy. Um, boy. Um, so that's interesting. So, you know, you did the Dungeons and Dragons movie this week. And I did. That, that was the highlight? Or um, I'm trying to think of what else did I did. Actually, did you actually play Dungeons and Dragons this week? Did that happen too? No. So what happened is my friend Billy went up the West Coast to the Isle of Skye, and he's on my Thursday night uh, group. And mm -hmm. my Wednesday night group, uh, one of our players is going through finals right now. So we postponed both of my groups. And oh god. Eh. Um, so on Wednesday night, we played board games and on Thursday night, um, we did the movie, but my Wednesday night group, um, we played a few different games. I really like deception games, which is when you lie to your friends for fun. Ah, uh. so I did 
we we played a we played a game called Betrayal, um, right. which is basically it's a fun board game. I think that you would actually really like it. I might get it for you, actually. Only that might be gonna, my Christmas gift this year. Only if you're going to be here and play it with me, then you know. I will be there for Christmas if you buy my flight. Because no one plays uh, board games with me, like. <laughs> Well, when I'm there in October, I will give you your Christmas gift and we can play it then because it is fun and it's not I mean, hard to learn. So I, I, I still have uh, cards against Potter that needs to be played that we got last Christmas, but like it didn't, Ooh. we ordered it to come for Christmas time when people were going to be around and it didn't come until the middle of January. So it's still, well, that's inconvenient. Well, right. we can play that when I'm there in October and Jimmy's a big fan of Harry Potter as well. So. Oh, cool. I'll force I'll force AJ to come over and we'll play the Harry Potter game. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think you'll have to force AJ to come over. He'll come. I want to force AJ to come over. It's it's it's, it's you don't have to force him. If you just cook steak, he'll be there. Well, I'm not going to cook steak, but if you want to cook steak, I mean, it's easy. If you either cook steak or stroganoff. Well, okay. we'll do stroganoff, um and then we can or, probably or, also talk to him to come with him like cuz he'll be home by October. Noodles. Yeah. Chicken and noodles is a thing too. He'll come for that. <laughs> um, yeah. We, you just have to bribe him with food. It's, it doesn't take much. It really has not changed in all of his life. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, that, I mean, that's no, no, basically cool. Now the, um, um, this week for me, I had um, a show in Crawfordsville, a songwriter thing. It's called Song Matters. Okay. At, at this place, it's called Backstep Brewing Company, which is like, it's like a, um, it's called Backstep because it's got like a firehouse theme, the place. Uh-huh. That, which is cool. It's very cool. I played there before like three years ago, I think. Okay. Or two years ago, or it was, it, it was, it was sometime after the lockdown, but like before everything was doing things. <laughs> Okay. Um, and, uh, so it was, you know, a lot more laid back situation this time. It was cool. And, um, uh, I met a dude named Zach Benge who was playing, uh, you might like his songs. He's a little bit, um, it, it feels like he's in like three different genres, you know, with the Zach songs that he's written. Binge. Yeah. B E N G E. Yeah. Um, okay. But um, that was cool. And, of course, Wayne Pennington was uh, the other one, and, and you've heard him before. He's a good friend. and um, So it was cool playing with him. Okay. Um, then uh, yesterday we were recording, um, as I said earlier, but also I recorded an episode of Moonshine and Music in the evening, the first one for the new season. So, Who was the guest? Josh Gilleps- Gillespie. If I could speak, I'd be good. I couldn't pronounce it on the podcast either. Josh Gillespie, he um, he actually has a podcast called Voices of Indie. And I was going to say, I, I know Josh Gillespie. I don't think I know know him, but I've heard his name before. Yeah, so we we have him on the... He'll, he'll be on the Moonshine of Music when it starts back up in a month and a half or so. Because um, that was the first filming, so... See, now I'm going to look him up on Facebook and see. Yeah, there you go. I bet it's going to be more than 10 mutual friends. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Joshua Gillespie? Uh, I just had Josh. Musician at musician. Is he balding? No, he's got a lot of hair. 
Is it long? Yeah. The LLC and Voices of Indy. There you go. Is it in a bun in this photo, maybe? Heck, I don't know. I didn't look. You are my only mutual friend with him, so no. I don't know. His name just sounds familiar. There you yeah. go. Probably because you've spoken of him. I just met him, so I haven't spoken of him. So. <laughs> JoshGillespie.com. Make something happen here. You say he has a lot of hair, but he does not in these photos, in any of these photos, have a lot of hair. I mean, it seemed like a lot. Let me see. Uh, let's. I mean, there you can see his face, right? I where. Oh, the... okay. So it's long now. Yeah. I okay. mean, yeah. Um. In all of his Facebook photos, it is shaped short. I see. Well, yeah, he has a lot of hair now. At least he did yesterday. He, I don't know what he might have done in the overnight. <laughs> well, what if I saw him this morning? No. I'm, yeah, know. I mean, he, yeah. But it was a cool conversation with him, and it was, uh, so we've got that coming up. And then I, after that, watched two episodes of Gilmore Girls. So. <laughs> really okay cool so i you know i thought that you know we we got the i got a full day of um recording i'm real actually happy with the songs uh right now i actually wrote a new song this week which is what happens when i record as you know new songs happen mm -hmm. um <laughs> they get added yeah um so <laughs> but i um but yeah, we had a really good session yesterday. The the bass is when it starts to come together and you can kind of start to hear really what they're going to sound like, <laughs> you know, when it's just like an acoustic and drums, it's, you know, it's the song, but it's kind of, you know, not there, you know what I mean? Um, so, um, anyway, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it and that it's going to be a good episode and a good album, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the album because, you know, it's I, 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 the funny thing is it's like been four years, right, since the mm -hmm. last one. And when I was a kid, I used to, um, you know, like some bands would come out with an album like every year and other ones would be like three years, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you'd be like, wow, why are they taking so long, you know? And now I'm like, dude, four years blew by, like on the yeah. <laughs> side of things, you know, <laughs> and it's I'm like sure if you're like every Def Leppard that that happens to you too. It's like, you know, you, you, you know, do a big concert tour or whatever. And like all these, whatever events that they have. And you're just like, no time to really concentrate on getting it together. <laughs> mm -hmm. And by the time you do, it's been three years and, you know, it takes you a little while to put it together and it's four years before it comes out, you know? So, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's more like the people who are putting out an album every year are like constantly working as a full-time musician. And well, I mean, it, like every hour of every day, it consumes their life and they have an entire team on their side for it. So, yeah, I mean, I put one out on 17, 18 and 19. 
in a row. Uh, but the one that came out in 17, I did work on for like two and a half years, like actual recording time, not, you know, <laughs> not from the time we wrote songs or started doing it. So that was a really long recording situation. I, I mean, the, uh, the Americana Diaries record, I think I have like 10 versions of each song. <laughs> Because <laughs> we, yeah. we kept re-recording them and like, I don't like the key. Let's redo it, you know, like, or whatever, you know. Right. Um, so, um, anyway, so I did, uh, after we got done with all the filming, do the two of the episodes. And, um, the, I mean. Well, which two? Let's talk about them. Episode 18, tick, 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 boom. Which I, I, I you know, the, 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 um the the tick 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 boom thing like you know at the time that i first saw this right well that it's a it's a play reference right <laughs> tick 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 boom is a is a play and um oh is it yeah, yeah. it's uh it, it, it's um uh, and recently like lynn manuel miranda did it and made it into a movie um so so but like I, i'm just like that's an interesting reference because it doesn't really reference like that actual play or anything in, in the show but that no it's more honest. like um an mm -hmm. omen of <laughs> an homage yeah an omen the episode yeah. is yeah that's true so at the start davy i love this like the scene at the start of it like these two episodes by the way are some of the funny like they're they're very funny and there's very serious stuff at the same time but both of them are i, I mean I'm, I'm laughing a lot like <laughs> mm -hmm. these are these are kirk gold these episodes like yeah so um at the start of it they're in the diner and um suki and um uh and davy are sitting there and lorelei's feeding davy and going here comes the airplane or whatever and luke walks up and says i hate babies they make noise at inopportune moments or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he's like, "You got five minutes to eat and get out before that thing starts screaming," you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then Taylor walks in, and he has the worst toupee any man has ever had, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's horrible. It's like a, it's like black, and his hair's gray on like the the actual yeah, hair. Yeah, it's that's like it there. does not work <laughs> at all. And, and, and Luke asks him if if. Uh, he says, what's up with that? You know, he says something about his, his toupee and he denies that it's, uh, you know, a toupee. And he says, does it, does the comb loosen the glue on that? <laughs> you know, but Taylor is off because the town smells and Kirk's like in the background. Yeah, Taylor. The last time it was skunks, you know, this is such I'll, a good, I'll do it, Taylor. Episode. I'll find him, Taylor. You know? Yeah. This is, this is such a good Easter episode. <laughs> because what we find out is the reason that the town smells is because Kirk has lost track of the Easter eggs that he hid for the oh. Easter egg hunt two <laughs> right. weeks ago. Because Taylor was out of town and they did the Easter egg hunt. Kirk ran it because... Kirk didn't make a map of where he hid the eggs. Right, and he hid real eggs, like, yeah. which is odd, like, <laughs> yeah. first off, but... Like, first uh, of all, why did you hide real eggs? Why, did, why didn't you hide, like, the plastic eggs with, like, little pieces of candy in them? Like, because that's what well, usually... Like, this happens. is why people hide the plastic ones with candy in them, is because you won't find them all, or the map will get fucked up, and then you'll have rotting eggs hidden around. Oh, and it would have been a tough map anyway, because... 
as they go searching for the things, they're up in trees and shit. And like, and Taylor goes, like, you hid someone. Why'd you hide this one in the lamppost? And he goes, it's for the adults to find. Uh, right. <laughs> and like, there were some in a tree and he's like, oh, <laughs> those were for, um, <laughs> those, those were for a couple challenges for me. It's like, well, there's been a lot of challenges for you, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> there are like something like tw 12 missing eggs. No, there were 59 missing eggs, right? At the, at the first, because I actually noted this. Right. Okay. So they put out 300 and 59 of them weren't found. Okay. And, um, yeah. and then they, they, they like Taylor's given a, a kickoff where he just basically is ripping into Kirk at every opportunity. And a map didn't get mm. made this year. As he looks at Kirk, you know, like, because someone didn't make a map, you know, like, and then Kirk at the end, he's like, okay, we're going to get it. We're going to get 25 and then we're going to get 30 and then we're going to get 35 and then we're going to, I was, I was dying as he was doing that. That just freaking killed me. He's like trying to give him a pep talk, you know? And then as they get to finding some of the eggs, people quit along the way looking because they're just yeah. like, okay, screw this. <laughs> they will eventually decompose and stop smelling. <laughs> right. And, and like, uh, uh, you know, at first they had like uh, half the town looking and then at the end it's down to just Kirk, right? Yeah. And the whole and time. like out Luke. in the night, like running around trying to find them. Exhausted. <laughs> Luke is observing this whole situation, but he's not really looking for eggs because he <laughs> doesn't care, just like every other town thing. But he, when he gets down to the last 12, Kirk gets, like, exhausted and stuff, and he, like, passes out on the floor. He, like, collapses on the ground in the, in the town square. And then Luke walks up to him, and, you know, he's he's got all these things to say, and Luke says, here you go. And he gives him the last dozen eggs and he because he, he, he went around and found them. He's like, you hid those in some kooky places. Don't do it again. You know? Don't do it again. <laughs> and then Kirk's, I love you, Luke Danes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing. Like, that was interspersed through all the other stuff that's happening in the episode. But it was fabulous and funny. Like, so many funny things happened with it. Um, I'm just, to, I'm just scratching the surface of the hilarity. I, I, uh, that, that this episode, like I'm cracking up and then the other stuff's going on and it's not funny. Well, a couple things yeah. are funny, but, um, well, I was I, like, that's how, you know, it's a serious episode is because it's got like a fantastic self-insulated Kirk plot. Right. So a side plot that's happening. Cause we'll get to the main plot. Another side plot that's happening is that there's this bookcase that at the dragonfly they're putting a bookcase in and it doesn't fit anywhere michelle and dean are carrying it around and michelle's whining and bitching about it and then and then dean he's like it's okay i got it he just picks the thing up and carries it <laughs> like by himself <laughs> like it's nothing and, and then michelle's like that bookcase is mocking me <laughs> which is also great and we go to their first dinner uh, of the main plot uh, well, I mean, the other the side plot that happens there is that um, the bookcase doesn't fit anywhere, so Dean is going to take it to Rory at Yale because maybe she has a spot for it. And then when he gets there with the bookcase, there's not really room for it there either. And he says he's taken the semester off from school, and Rory, Rory. says, 
it's a bad idea. Yeah. And she's like, that's really stupid, Dean. Like, you shouldn't do that. You'll never go well, back, because, you know. Because and, he shouldn't. Like, right. But, well, but in fairness, his, 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 wife wants to... a, his wife wants a townhouse. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out. This is a multi-level problem. Okay. Because she wants a townhouse, but does not have a job. Okay? <laughs> if you want expensive things that cannot currently be afforded while your husband goes to college and works in construction, <laughs> you cannot just be upset with your husband for not giving you nice things like a townhouse. You also have to be thinking, well, what can I do to remedy the situation? Because like the whole point of marriage is to be a team and to be like tackling life as a unit. Well, they are. He makes she makes lunch for him every day and brings it by the construction site. That's not that is not an even lift. Okay? <laughs> it is it if you don't even if be you, an even lift. It, it is an even lift anyway, but if you want a townhouse instead of an apartment, it's definitely not an even lift. Yeah. And if you were it's <laughs> right. it's super definitely not an even lift if you are bad at making lunch. <laughs> yeah. If your food sucks, it's even worse. It's unpaid labor that nobody wants you to do. Right. So uh, back in Stars Hollow a little bit later, uh, Lane and Rory are ta discussing the um, uh, discussing things, and they're in Dosi's market. And, um, and she's saying the obvious, which is she, basically what we were just saying. She's saying what we were just saying, and Lindsay's in the next aisle and hears it. Um and then so and rather than taking the hard truth from a place that she wishes it wasn't she doesn't she, take the hard truth she just says wow rory's shit talking me in public dean should never talk to her again yeah so dean then gets her aside in, the, in an alley and tells her you know and then basically says he's not going to let it happen that they don't talk that <laughs> they aren't friends um which is which, um yeah, ever see which is it's like a red flag sandwich okay it's not just one it's like a whole bunch <laughs> and they're all coming from different places there's red flags really for everyone flavor profile of red flags okay first off dean taking that bookcase was a red flag period, period. like the rory putting her opinions about dean on him is a red flag she shouldn't do that um, even, even though it, you know, it is the right thing to say, you don't get to say you, you guys aren't dating like anymore. You're not even friends. I mean, you are, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> you are, like, but you're not because he clearly is still in love with you. Right. <laughs> brought you a bookcase to Yale on a whim. Right. And, um, you know, so, and then, you know, when he says, I'm not going to let that happen, that's also, you know. It, it's a red flag. Lindsay is a red flag anyway. She doesn't. She should have never married Dean. She made the mistake uh, on that one, as well as he yeah. made the mistake because she knew damn well that he wasn't over her, unless she's just blind. <laughs> she's, you know? She doesn't appear to be stupid. Is the thing like yeah. she's not? She's not dumb. Yeah, uh, I mean, but she is a little in this regard. She's just blind to how how much this is never going to work and it doesn't matter 
it, it isn't that Dean's ever really going to be with Rory either. It just means that, like, um, he he wasn't he shouldn't have gotten with anyone else. He wasn't over the other the person before yet. <laughs> you know, so, you got to get over the last person before you move on to the next one. Like that's the, the thing with a rebound is that sometimes it's necessary in order to move on. But marrying your rebound is not a great thing unless it turns in out to not be a rebound, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I fully and completely embrace the thought, like, yeah, you should... It makes sense if you want to date somebody right after you got out of a relationship, especially if it's a really bad breakup. It can help you move on. You could be the kind of person where that's a good thing for you, Okay. But there might even come a point where you're like, oh, this rebound is a more serious situation than I originally thought it would be. And I actually want to move further with this person. And that's also fine. But there's a point where you would emotionally acknowledge, like, this was not serious and now it is. The thing with Dean is that he never acknowledged that this relationship was supposed to be a rebound. He just immediately was like, no. I can't get a wife at 18 and have it be Rory Gilmore. So instead, I'm going to get back at Rory Gilmore by finding a wife somewhere else. And that, that is the core of making everyone miserable. And this is just the sideline storyline to this episode in the next one. Like it's oh, it gets so much worse. So... As we go back to the main storyline, we're at Emily and Richard's for dinner. And Lorelai is wondering where all the anvils went, which is hilarious. <laughs> like, anvils were once so ubiquitous that they put them in children's cartoons as a thing that even a child would know. And, you know, <laughs> after she's going back and forth on this for a while, <laughs> Emily, like, stops, looks at her and says, this is going to be the stupidest conversation we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like this is not this is not <laughs> there's there's nothing to this like this is ridiculous and so she asks for anything else to be said and richard says that richard and jason are acquiring a company and richard and jason's the company they're acquiring is a smaller company and lorelei says smaller there's only you and jason in your company how much smaller can it be and he's like well it's like, I think the guy's name was Bob. Bob yeah. runs it's just his Bob. company. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're adding a third partner. No, we're buying his company. You know, <laughs> like you're getting an employee. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, um, they are going to, uh, he, she says, yeah, we're going to have a dinner to celebrate the, the merger. And Emily's like, um, you know his wife i think we're gonna need an english to dumbbell dictionary for the wife yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know so they're out playing golf uh jason sucks at golf by the way like so bad <laughs> really bad at golf like he can't even hit the ball he like misses the ball when he swings you know what's really really weird about this is like <laughs> Here's something horrible is about to happen. And to people outside of like the golfing world, you might think 
that the reason that the bad thing happens is because of logic or life experience or the game or how the cards land or something somewhere between magic and death, right? No, the reason it happens is because both are bad choices and Jason's bad at golf. <laughs> and uh, playing golf with Jason is a pain in the ass. So that 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 makes it easier to do anything because yes, <laughs> that is but... that is the that is the fucking handle of the single piece of hay that broke the camel's back right there is that Jason I, is bad at golf. I don't think it was really that. I mean, honestly, um, I think the thing is that Jason and his dad have had this feud, and it's what started Jason and being a partner with Richard in the first place, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And Richard having his own company started because Floyd in his like uh, business wisdom was pushing him out because he was old and he didn't yeah. think he had it anymore. Right. And, and all of those little things. And he was just trying to push him to retire to kind of youngen up his company because he thought that Richard was maybe dragging it down. Well, mm -hmm. the thing that really happened is that he left and Richard and Jason started this company and Floyd was seeing that he really like had lost an asset in Richard. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> he was like, yeah. you know, uh, and so he wants to come over for dinner and he does with his wife and Jason and Lorelai and everybody, everybody. Mm -hmm. and he sits down and the, you know, the thing he says before it is uh, they're talking about things that Richard Gilmore did that were really interesting, right? Like he, he, right. he had this cigar that he was always buying that he loved and the company was like that he had bought them from for a long time started like not making him a preferred customer basically so he went and bought their supplier out of all of the cigars so that they couldn't buy any and then he and then he marked them up and sold them back to the supplier and said don't ever do that to me again right <laughs> basically <laughs> you know so it was a it was really a baller move right mm -hmm. and floyd has actually been contemplating his baller move and that's why he wants to have dinner right He's like, I asked myself, what would Richard Gilmore do? Which actually, all of it was really respectful of Richard, right? Like yeah. Floyd, who was disrespecting his son in every way because he had been disrespected by his son, right? I, I mean, that's the, the crux of yeah. the situation, right? He had been so disrespected by his son, even more than Lorelai ever disrespected Richard and Emily. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and um, that... Because really, his only, like... It was one of those things where seeing this in action is like, you uh, you know that quote from Ted Lasso we were talking about last week where it's like, I love meeting people's moms because it gives you a direct personal insight into why they're nuts. Right. <laughs> We've mentioned before that Jason is a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Right? And seeing his father like he you act and operate under the assumption when you see jason act and do these things with richard like his business decisions are the the decisions of someone who's trying to get back at someone who has done something truly unforgivable right mm -hmm. like he acts towards his father like his father has done something truly evil right and when you meet Floyd, you're like, oh, I mean, I kind of get it. It's like, 
it's not that he's a straight up like horrible person all the time. It's like he has just acted with such disrespect toward Jason all of his life that like well, Jason... I, I I think there's a, a a modicum of that, but then there's the fact that Jason decided to act just like his father, only yeah. way worse, right? Yeah. Like completely. Yeah, he was line. like, "I'm so tired yeah. of you acting this way to me that I am going to do the equivalent of punching you in the face." Yes, with your own fist. And that's what he did. And and and, that's what and, he did. By, and by doing that. You know, Floyd actually didn't blame Richard at all for any of it. He knew to blame Jason, right? Which yeah. is the the amazing thing. Like, that's what you get through all this context, right? It's like, okay, now I see the whole story. Like, Jason wanted to punch back at his father for some perceived slight that he had, and he punched way too hard, right? Yeah. And now his dad is like, hey, if you're going to disrespect me, I'll show you what disrespect's all about, right? Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's kind of so where happens, it is, <laughs> which is awful. Like, it's awful. Like, they have no family relationship at all. They're never going to have one. You know, yeah. Richard and Emily actually want a relationship with their daughter. They're just overbearing, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so. And, and that's, that's what boils down whenever we see a relationship between Lorelai and Rich, like there, this the Gilmore family's peers, right? Mm -hmm. When we see like the direct sidebar of what like Richard and Emily's friends are doing, and what Lorelai's peers are experiencing from those parents, it's like okay, uh, Lorelai doesn't understand to a certain degree that the people she actually has the good ones yeah <laughs> the people that are her parents are not as awful as like people directly left and right of her but they're just awful enough that like lorelei developed this like horrible feeling towards her parents this like in like indignance about how they behave towards her well actually but... the, 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 what i see is that Lorelai's reaction to them made them better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, what she did made them better, you know, because she didn't go and do something completely disrespectful. She just left. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> which, you know, in a, in a way is disrespectful and they feel that, but it's not the same, you know, yeah. it's not the same as like splintering part of your dad's business off and like, just like spitting his face all the time with business competition things and stuff and going to the guy he just got rid of and making him a partner and, you know, going yeah. into direct, you know, combat with him. Right. I mean, that is, yeah. that, is that is a, a level of, you know, and, and then stealing his clients and stuff that you're not supposed to steal, which is obviously what he was doing. Like, yeah. he's like, oh, we just had lunch. You can't prove anything. It's like, yeah, dude, you were stealing his clients. Like, just like, <laughs> Let's be real here. You're busted. Dude had you followed and you're busted, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and... So basically, like this dinner with Floyd is a slow unfurling of the hand that was dealt, right? It's like yep. you're sitting at a blackjack table and one of uh, like two people you're think a, that you're they a, have you're a, a poker really table hand. not a blackjack table yeah you're at a poker poker table two of the players think play they have a really really other. good hand and yeah. the third guy is staying really fucking quiet and then every time he reveals a card you think that that's it and then he's got like a royal flush right <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> it keeps getting worse as he lays down his cards. Yeah. 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 But so. but you know, Floyd basically says to them, "I'm suing you guys. Um, Jason has been stealing my clients. I have proof of it. You know, mm -hmm. and 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 he had a non-compete clause that said that he couldn't take any of you know clients in this class or whatever, right? Yeah. And um, Richard and he says and you know uh, he says to Richard, dude, you have no legs to stand on." It doesn't really matter if I win or not. I have a lot more money than you, and I can spend on this lawsuit until you're bankrupt. And I know you're going to be bankrupt because I know that you financed your business from your pension, which was a stupid move because now I have leverage on you, basically. <laughs> you know, because his pension is with his company, right? And he has, he knows how much is in it and everything. So he, know, he knows all the money. Like, you know, so basically, he has every card to play because he knows all he knew all the numbers before he decided to even do this like he <laughs> you know what i mean like and so and then he says uh, you know jason's like who was it who found me and he's like you know this pi it's, it's how i found out that your daughter was dating my son you know yeah, yeah. and they didn't know because lorelei of course never tells them anything um <laughs> and as we had spoken about before on that like mm -hmm. Lorelai didn't want to tell anybody because she knew all along it wasn't going to work out. Like right. that was never a thing. Like Jason so, was a rebound and he was always going to be a rebound as you talked about rebounds earlier. Right. Exactly. So we're, we're in rebound land with both of these relationships. Only Lorelai knows it's a rebound. Like she's known the whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she's not saying that because quite frankly, acknowledging that and saying it to somebody's face, cheapens the relationship and makes it worse so yeah she she's enjoying the relationship because she knows it isn't going anywhere that's yeah. that's why she likes it right and so <laughs> and you know what the thing is jason's about to get his feelings really hurt from a bunch of different sides and this is this is the reason i'm saying it and all hurt. boils down to jason is kind of bad at golf it's because <laughs> i firmly He's also believe bad at chess terrible at chess yeah i firmly believe that richard could have probably mediated this back a little bit from the flames and helped jason out if he had liked jason just a little bit fucking more okay if he had yep. any care for jason as a human being or wanted to be able to say oh well I'd still like to play around with your boy on the weekends or, Hey, I don't want to upset my daughter. They're dating. We didn't know about their relationship, but I would still like, you know, well, bridge the, to not the, burn the fact on that the they were dating. I, I think the fact that they were dating was really the straw that broke the camel's back there because it was yet another time when his daughter didn't tell him something. And, yeah. and Jason, Jason was the reason that, that she didn't tell him something. Right. Like, yeah. and, and that, that made him matter than anything else. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when, so, when they were, when they were in the room there, they were talking about the whole thing and he was pissed about the five months you've been dating and you haven't told me it's not like it happened last week. It's been five mm -hmm. months, you know, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so, well, and he even pretends that it's like, Oh, it's fine. You know, we're going to be fine. Ba, 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 ba. He lets, he lets Jason believe that it's going to be fine. And then he goes back to Floyd and let's Jason figure it out on his own. And well, I think the, that like let it, really... let it, letting Jason figure it out on his own was the really like that's after boom. That's the next episode, right? Yeah. Um, 
And uh, because at the end of this episode, Floyd and Richard are playing golf without Jason, and and he and they agree to the deal in principle, which is Richard like takes his company and merges it under his old company, but he's still running it completely independently, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what he wanted anyway, right? Yeah. And Floyd wants it because. This is a whole bunch of business that Richard's going to drum up that he has to be responsible for that Floyd just gets to collect a little bit of the profit from, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's no risk for him in it, right? Yeah. These are customers he already lost and probably because they had a shaky relationship with him were willing to go somewhere else anyway, right? Yeah. And Richard brings them all back into the fold and he takes care of all of them and he grows it because it's his thing. This is like a win. Like for Floyd, it's a complete win, right? For Richard, it's a complete win. Like there's nothing yeah. about it that isn't a win. He didn't want to work with Jason in the first place. He just needed somebody to help him out. Well, now yeah. he's got a whole company backing him. So he doesn't need right. Jason at all, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it also takes care of the threat to his like entire livelihood. That everything he's built his whole life. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, and you know what? If Jason had thought about it for even a fucking quarter of a second and then like, well, let me really see how this is going to stack up. The second Floyd put down his entire hand and he had that conversation with Richard, there's no reason he should have thought, oh, me and Richard are going to go through this together. And we can save this. Like, we can save this. What, what he no. should, the, the best move for him right then would have been, you know what? I'm, I, I, I want to take my part of the company and leave because, uh, you know, I, I want out. Like, because I don't want to make, I don't want to put this on you. Right. That's what he should have done, but he didn't. He tried to double down and think that he could get through it. And, and all of that was not good. Now, when we get into the next one, there's a couple of things happening here that are very interesting, right? Cause you know, there's the fallout from all of that, which is definitely still the main storyline of after boom. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but we go back to the sideline stuff, which is at the start of the episode, Luke is walking into mailboxes, et cetera, to get his divorce papers signed, signed. right? Notarized. And Lorelai sees him in the street. She's like, you can't go into mailboxes, et cetera, to end a divorce. That's, that's terrible. Like, and he's like, yeah. why? Who cares? I'm just signing this thing. Like, <laughs> and she, and they, she's like, finally just lets him do it. And then she's like, he's like, why are you following me? And she's like, well, I have to. I'm, I need stamps, like <laughs> right, and so Kirk is in there working, of course, and and he makes Luke fill out a form for the notarization, and then Lorelai's got to buy stamps, and she and she's, she's like, like, no, 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 it's fine, I'll wait, and he's like, no, it might take a while, and so Lorelai's like, okay, that's fine, I guess, and then and then Kirk's like, we have the new I Love Lucy stamps. And she's like, ooh, do you have any other? And he's like, bewitched, I love bewitched. Bewitched stamps, you know? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Kirk's like, did you see the episode? And then Luke's like, I'm getting divorced here. Because <laughs> like, he was annoyed. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, also, Lane's uh, band throughout this episode is kind of funny. Mm -hmm. they, they're, they're having a big, their first gig or whatever. And... Um, and their their show posters are they took some other places poster and wrote a, like a sandwich shop and wrote their stuff on top of it's the not, stuff. It's not some other place. It is their. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's not some, It's the guitarist shop. sandwich <laughs> yeah. shop. He takes his own posters and they put Hap Alien over the top of it, 
and they still got the sandwich in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kirk is like, do I get a sandwich if I come to the show? What's with the sandwich? <laughs> also, another Kirk thing that's funny is, you know, when he had to do the notarization, he had to put a thumbprint for some mm-hmm. reason on the form. And Luke, Kirk didn't like have the, the, the stuff that you use modern stuff. He had like black ink. So yeah. Luke's thumb <laughs> is just black. With... <laughs> the divorce thumb. <laughs> like... He's carrying around divorce thumb. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you know, that, that whole relationship's happening. We have, um, uh, you know, Lane and her band, of course, you know, Lane looks across and sees Mrs. Kim has a kid living with her, right? a Korean kid. So she like gets jealous, like, and, and then Lane confronts her, right? Who are you? You can't take my place. No matter how much you dress like in my clothes, you know? And she's like an exchange student or something that Mrs. Kim has taken in. Um, and I, I really love it. Cause like there's a little back and forth throughout the episode, but we come and they do the gig and they do really well. And at the gig, everybody's got somebody to go and hang out with except for Lane. You know, because Rory couldn't come. It was on Friday night during dinner, right? So, like, she has no friends there except for the band members. And the band members all have, like, either their boyfriend or their family or whatever or their girlfriend, you know. And and Lane is, like, lonely for a minute. And so then she, after the gig, sneaks into the house and she, like, kisses her mom on the forehead while she's sleeping. And I was like, aww. <laughs> you know. I can't hear you. Something happened with your microphone. Something happened with your microphone. I can't hear you. Hello? Hello? Oh, there we go. It's better now. I just plugged some things in again. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> um, no, the entire time that was happening, I thought that Mrs. Kim was going to suddenly wake up and freak out. <laughs> right. I thought she was going to go, what? What are you doing? Because... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm not so such a heavy sleeper that someone could enter my house, enter my bedroom, kiss me on the forehead, and I'd stay asleep and 100% wake up and be like, <laughs> like, I know that about me. In fact, I don't know if you, I told you about this, but a few years ago when I went down to Charleston with my friend Emily and her parents, mm-hmm. we, uh, it was a, the, the hurricane was ripping its way up the seashore and um through some tense not my family type situations we ended up staying the night even though we were trying to talk our like emily and i wanted to head back up a day early because of the weather that didn't end up happening uh, and so we were staying that night and then planning on leaving early the next morning and the storm hit in the middle of the night and it was literally like I remember I was like fast asleep and I woke up to Emily like opening the door because of the like hurricane warning going off. And I screamed and was like flail kicking because I didn't know who was coming through my door while the lightning was hitting. And she ended up, she got so frightened by me like screaming and backing up that she like slammed the door again. And she was like, Bailey, it's just me. Um, we gotta get under like a post right now and I was like oh okay that's fine I just I just woke up and she was like yeah sorry and I was like no it's fine it's just like night terror fuel 
And I like literally peeked my head. Like I looked behind the curtain and I just saw the ocean like getting closer and closer. I was like, yep, don't need to see that. Didn't need to see that. And like put my socks on and like went into the hallway. I was like, okay. Uh, and we rode out the storm and it was fine, but it was also the scared, most scared I've ever been. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I recommend leaving whenever they say there's a hurricane coming. It's a good idea. Yeah. See, yeah. you know me, I'm kind of a pushover. So um, when someone else's mom looks at me and goes like, oh, I see that I'm just ruining everyone's vacation. No. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay. Um, but really what I- You should have just called me and I would have sent you an Uber and a plane ticket. Like that would have- <laughs> Yeah, I literally, I, I should have just been like, there's a hurricane coming. I don't really care. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. die because no, like that's ridiculous. Uh, this this so. is an older Bailey. The older Bailey would have done that. She would have just gotten an Uber and left. Yeah. Um, and next time I will, but- yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, so that happened. And then we, we, um, the other, the other sidelight, um, that's going on is Asher Fleming has a book signing and, um, and there's like all kinds of these like groupies around and Paris is sitting in the front row, of course, cause you know, she's dating him and she's like all in, even though like, <laughs> and then there's a point where Doyle talks to Rory in the back. Oh, are you one of the groupies? You know, you know, every year he has a new um student that he dates and, and she's like well who's this year's student and he's like i don't know it's a mystery this year no one knows you know and uh and so and rory's like sitting there like chewing her tongue like i know <laughs> you know and then rory has this paper she had been talking about that she didn't think she did good on and she got an a on it in his class and then she goes after class and sa and says you know I only want an A if I deserved it. I don't want it because, you know, I'm the friends with a strong woman who whatever the like foreword in his the, book was. The foreword from his book, yeah. Which was dedicated to Paris, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then he gets like kind of red in the face, like he's embarrassed and he's a little pissed because he honestly didn't grade it any, you know, she had really? self-confidence issues. He actually yeah. liked her paper. He actually did like what she wrote. It was nothing to do with anything to well, do with Paris. <laughs> you know what it was, was someone told Rory like, oh, he never hands out A's, right? Right, yeah. And so, but he he was mad, but he deserved every bit of it because he's he's called into question his integrity in every way by what he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, he literally dates students. So like him being upset, it's like, okay, suffer. Like Right, I mean, his being upset, I had no sympathy for, but I did, but you could tell that he honestly did think it was an A paper, right? Like yeah. it, it wasn't anything to do with that. Like, and that's, and he was really embarrassed. Like that was really the, the anger on, and it was all embarrassment because, mm -hmm. you know, he knew he was in the wrong and that she's his, you know, his girlfriend's best friend roommate. Yeah. And, and of course it calls into question anything that he does, right? Like, <laughs> and it's a horrible thing that he's, you know, like it, it's, it's bad in all ways, look, talk about red flag relationships. My goodness, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it's bad for Paris in every way. She doesn't have the most stable of mental health. This isn't good for her, you know? No. And, and she doesn't well, understand and that it isn't, but it's, <laughs> it's changing her behavior in a really, really ugly way. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it affects deeply how she treats others. Yeah. Um, and makes her weirdly narcissistic and embarrassed at the same time, which actually I say weirdly, that is 
how narcissism works. It's like well, it's kind of her. She also has uh, obvious daddy issues, right? Yeah. I mean, that's you well, know parent issues in general. But you can't yeah. really like if you're not. You can't date someone older than your father. You can't exactly date your way out of that one. So you can't date someone older than your father and not have some sort of parental problems. (laughs) Right. Um, So, you know, Friday. uh, So what happens next is that Jason decides to go hit golf balls because he wants to get better because he needs to, you know, find a way to fix this situation. He's telling Lorelai this on the phone. He doesn't know what's happened like that. We, we know what's happened, but he doesn't know. And then when he gets to the golf course, he runs into one of the clients and they're like, we'll call, I'll call Richard tomorrow. And he's like, well, or you could just talk to me about it now. Oh, and the guy just kind of walks away. Like, and then mm-hmm. Jason starts to get an inkling of what the fuck. And so he, you know, he can't get a hold of Richard. He can't get a hold of anybody. Richard's lawyer finally calls him and tells him. <laughs> right which is mm-hmm. like this 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 move here is the one that i don't respect from richard like mm-hmm. just tell him you know like <laughs> don't be a wimp just tell him you know um but it, but he you know he doesn't do that now lorelei is she's beside herself and shocked that richard would do this but she doesn't kind of get it like she and and what richard says to her is the absolute truth you're just yeah. thinking about your boyfriend and your relationship and not even ever have an inkling of thinking about me and what might happen with our family and our finances, you know, and because well, and, and, in fairness, and... <laughs> lacks perspective in this regard. Okay. Yeah. Because, because she so detests her parents' wealth, her parents have never sat her down and had a conversation about like, Hey, you need to know this is the scope of what we have and where it is. And what our plan is moving forward, which if you haven't had that conversation with your parents slash children, I would highly recommend having it before you're like the age that they might have to step in and have decisions made for you. Well, or, or, you know, she doesn't understand that he actually tied up all of his, it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a little loss for him. He had everything on the line. Right. Yeah. And, and instead of her having any inkling and asking anything about that, she just immediately said, don't do this. He's like, I have no choice but to do this. It isn't, (laughs) you know, you know what I mean? He's like, Like, and, 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 you know, I totally agree with him. Like a a lot of the time I don't on this particular one, he is completely right. Like there was, there was nothing he could do except make that decision because he was backed into a corner and the the only bad movie makes is just not telling Jason himself and being a man, you know? (laughs) And, and it goes back to what I'm saying before where I'm like, we say this now in the after boom, yes, but I would contend that Lorelai's not saying, hey, don't do this, don't throw Jason under the bus, please take the bullet for him. She's not saying that necessarily. She's saying like, hey, if you fuck him over, I will have to dump him this very fucking second. And it's really cruel to make someone lose like literally everything. So... We don't like, let's not go with the nuclear option here. Like, how about we try and like not fan the flames? How about we like mitigate the disaster of this man's life? And Richard's basically like, no, you haven't considered me at all in this. And that's why he won't. 
Like, because yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm not going to call Floyd. I'm not going to call off the dogs. I'm not going to try and help Jason in any way. Fuck that. You're not looking out for me. Why would I look out for your boyfriend? Right. Well, you, you, and you, and, and, and I'm not surprised by it because you never do. Yeah. You know, and, and cause he's really hurt by that, you know, yeah. <laughs> that she never well, is on his side, like ever. And like, yeah. and, 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 and quite and, frankly, he has a good point with that because she talks this big game about like, oh, well, the money doesn't matter to me where it's like, okay, well, you're not really doing any of the other lifting in this relationship at all. So like, <laughs> like if the right. money doesn't matter and it's the emotional shit that matters, it's not like you're trying to be a good daughter or a good family member to me at all. So, yeah. And, and, and so when she leaves Emily and him get in a fight because Emily's like, did you have to tell her that that way? Did you have to do this? Like, mm -hmm. did you really have to do this this way with Jason? Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, Emily is a much better person that can say that because mm -hmm. she actually does care about them and what, yeah. you know, and she doesn't think that he's making well, a bad choice. She just thinks that it could be done in a different way. Right. And, and in, in fairness <laughs> to what Emily says, I think that like Lorelai does not have the general scope to say like that necessarily, mm -hmm. but she has very re recently made a huge personal sacrifice by single-handedly planning Richard's mother's funeral. Yeah. Like, well, like and she personally went and bought fresh clothes for grandma Lorelai. Like Lorelai nobody did that. said yeah. that to her really, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, the, the Friday dinner, she's going to not go. And Rory tells her she has to go. <laughs> <laughs> basically like Rory's go. like yeah. no we're not like Rory has heard the whole thing from like completely outside of it and she's like she's with us like mm -hmm. you shouldn't be mad at Richard about this right yeah. Th this is not you you've misplaced your anger but she isn't saying that to her because Rory knows how to handle her she's just like I'm sorry you're going like <laughs> you know <laughs> we're not going to break up our family over this it's just not going to happen you know yeah like, she's like you don't like jason enough to give a shit stop <laughs> basically that's the you know and so um uh, they get there and and they're like overly nicey to them like nicer than they ever are <laughs> she's yeah. like what the hell's going on she's like in the twilight zone right <laughs> and oh we're not having dinner tonight we're not having dessert tonight uh, so i guess we could go yeah and they like kind of usher them out the door and she's like <laughs> what happened like <laughs> like <laughs> and then they hide in the bushes and see that emily is taking out clothes and staying in a hotel you know and um because emily's Emily and Richard had it out big time after the cameras shut off. Like we saw it start, mm -hmm. right? And then they, <laughs> but they obviously we had a real big fight because Emily doesn't want two seconds of a fight and then they cut away. And then Emily is not living in the house. Currently. Right. Because she doesn't want to do anything to keep her daughter and granddaughter from being there. Like that's yeah. the most important thing to her. It's actually, it's more important than the money to her, which is really, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's really kind of shocking that it, it is, yeah. but it's really true. And she's like, that's why they fight because nothing is going to, she's like, nothing's going to stop. You know, no, now that I have them in my life and back in my life, you're not going to ruin it. Like, I'm not going to be on your side yeah. for that, you know? Yeah. Um, and, well, and, and that, and that's is, very interesting, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, and she's got some blindness to, you know, we've talked about Emily Gilmore. Emily has a complete fucking blind side about she doesn't 
see love when it's presented to her in a strange way, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't think that she fully understands, like, when Rory came to ask for Yale money, right? I don't think that she understands completely that, like, part of why Rory came to her like that is because she's like, I've already decided you guys are going to be in my life for the rest of it. And yep. that is like, I trust that this is a relationship that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. And I don't mind like making choices that ensure that. Yeah. Or making, uh, or, or I don't, I don't mind being indebted to you at all. Cause it's actually a good thing for me. I like coming to visit my grandparents on Fridays. I like, <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> she's like, it's not a bad deal. Actually. <laughs> I enjoy seeing you every single week. And right. quite frankly, like part of that Yale pro con list is that it's close. Like, and I do right. like being close to you and, and that you're Yale, like, you know, that my family went to Yale, right? Like yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing that really gets her over the edge, you know? <laughs> And the funny thing is he tried so hard with it and he didn't really need to, like, he just needed to like yeah. give her a little boost and show her that it was awesome, you know, yeah. that it was just as so, good, you know? Yeah. So um, Emily is really upset because she thinks that this thing is in jeopardy and she doesn't realize that like it was never going to be in jeopardy. Right. Not from so, Rory. No. no, like, and, um, and in fact, Rory is the one that makes Lorelai come like period. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, Full no, stop. you're going. Sorry. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. so then, then we get to the point where it actually sinks in with Lorelai, mm -hmm. which is the Lorelai and Jason are in the cafe talking about this, and he's decided that he's going to sue Richard. And Lorelai's like, don't do that. You can't do that. You know? Yeah. And she's like, and he's like, you know, I have to. There's no, and she, he, she's like, I understand, but I can't be with someone who is going to sue my father going to yeah. sue my family you know like yeah. she stood up for her for her family right there <laughs> you know and um and seeing uh and and so basically they're i mean they're done right there <laughs> like <laughs> you know it, it, she asked him three times he said three times he was going to do it she said okay okay you know and that's where i'm at and i was like Damn, that was kind of a sad ending, but I need to go to sleep. <laughs> See, the thing is, the next few episodes are the best happy episodes. Well, good. I mean, actually, the 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 thing is, Kirk was so funny in both of these last two that like like all of that deep stuff was just like interwoven with the funniest shit like <laughs> i mean these aren't downer episodes because of that you know because yeah. luke is a genius character that that they've stuck in there i mean they can well, do so much with him just like uh, across the board you know at any time with a side story that includes him that it doesn't even really have to have big implications on the main story except to just be like a sundry to it you know Sorry, um, I'm looking at what. Ah, sorry, I'm looking at what episode I'm on. Okay, I'm so far ahead of you right now. It's fine. That's okay. We'll get there. So, um, anyway, that's all we have for today. Um, I will. Uh, um, see you next. I time. know you're not going to get there next time because I'm on season five, episode eleven. No, but I'll get a couple. But, more. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, 
<laughs> if you could get three, like if we could get up to three episodes, I'll try. I'd really like to watch Gilmore Girls again. <laughs> okay, I will try. It's been like a lot of stuff going on, so. Well, I know how season six ends, and I think you do too. Yes. So. I know how all of it ends. I've watched all of it before. This is a real well, Yes, but I don't think you... I, I was just making sure you remembered what benchmark this is. Oh, uh, yeah. Coming up on. It's the end of season four that I'm on. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know how season four ends is what I'm saying. Right. Like yeah. you're... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up there. So, hey, I will see you next week. I love you. All right. Love you too. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.